Hi friends, it's Cameron and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How is everybody doing today? Happy Thursday, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day or time it is that you're listening. So happy to be back on the mic with you guys. I hope everyone is having a great start to their new year and a great start to the semester if you're still in school or if you are jumping back into work this week and it's your first week back. Godspeed, I am right there with you and my calendar is insane right now. If only you guys could see it, but you know, new year, fresh start, right? And I feel like it's cheesy, we all say it, but I just think it's a really great time to ease into the year. I I used all of last week to really ease in. Some days I worked more than others. And this week I jumped right back in and I'm grateful for both. I'm grateful for the ease in and I'm also grateful to be back at it because it feels good seeing my calendar filling up and having all these opportunities, but also knowing that it's okay to give myself the opportunity to take it easy and rest when I need it. And that to me is the beauty of entrepreneurship and starting my own firm is that I get to pick and choose that and I get to decide my schedule. And I know not everyone has that luxury, but if you do, make sure you take that time and use it wisely in the way that you know works the best for you. And you know, I one of my goals in the last few years and we've talked about this over the years is to be intentional and one of my goals for 2024 specifically with the podcast is to be more intentional about the guests I have on. I want to bring on people who inspire me, who I love their story and I want to share their story more. I want to learn more about them so I want to ask them questions and I want you to get the opportunity to ask them questions and hear what they have to say and hear their stories and that's exactly what this episode this week Nathan is all about and i'm really excited to dive right in but just wanted to say that i hope you guys are having a good start to the year take the time for you you know do the little things that are going to bring joy into your day even before a packed week of meetings and events and lots of stuff going on you know making sure to take time for you is essential it's something that i really prioritized in 2023 i think is the right word i mean i've been something i've been doing for a few years now but last year i really really took that into note and you know taking rest breaks and listening to my body more and being more intentional about how I show up and when I show up, and that's something I'm gonna continue in this year. Thought with it being so early on in the year still before things really start ramping up and everyone gets thrown into the mayhem and you know, Valentine's Day and then spring break and there's always something to do, always somewhere to be, always people to see, you know, taking time for you is really, really important. So just wanted to chat with you about that really fast and let's do a quick suck and sweet of the week and then we'll dive right into this week's guest. So my suck of the week is that this weather, I feel like it's been my suck for the last few weeks. It's like, I I don't mind the cold. I like the cold if it's sunny, but when it's chilly out and it's windy and overcast or sprinkling all day long, I'm like, just give me a downpour and let the sun come back out. You know, I want a sunset. I want to be able to go for a walk and enjoy the weather and enjoy the day. And I just feel like it was a little sunny for a bit and I was working outside today and then had to come inside to do this but also i'm glad i came inside because it looks like it's about to pour again but it's been like that for three days and it has not poured one drop so i don't know what's going on but i would like my sunshine back please um but my suite of the week is i'm really looking forward to some cool opportunities i am doing pilates i'm very sore but i'm grateful that i have the opportunity to start pilates and i'm doing a couple classes with my friend and add a new studio to me and a new studio that's opening up and i'm excited to 
work on my fitness this year and that's something that I really wanted to prioritize too. I'm excited to talk with other business owners in different areas than me and see where we can collaborate and if they need help with anything, if I need help with anything and just lending that hand and being supportive and collaborative with other people in this city, like meeting more people that I, you know, like-minded people, people that have a vision and are executing, those are my kind of people. So opportunities to meet them and then opportunities to share advice with law students and early lawyers like me and having mentors and be a mentor to people always the time of year for this and I really enjoy it so I just I'm really enjoying all the cool variety of things that are on my calendar for the next few weeks and just looking forward to where my endeavors take me in the next few months because you know things always are changing so I try to look at things like in a quarter um like type of situation like three months out of the year it's at a time um also having some big picture plans as well but you know things are really exciting lots of good stuff going on i am expanding the business taking on new people new contractors independent contractors to help me with offering services or providing more value to my clients effectively and efficiently and you know happy hours and drinks with friends and boat days and it's just i honestly I love the fall because I'm a fall baby and I love the summer because it's, you know, the best weather. It's sunny all the time and it's beautiful, but I feel like the spring is such a reawakening, right? That's what the spring is. It's, you know, we come out of the winter and it's everything blooms again and it's green and it's lush and it's pretty. And that's kind of how I feel. I feel like I'm coming out of my hibernation for a little bit and I'm ready to hit the ground running. So I'm really looking forward to that. And that's my suit of the week. I just, I like this joy and this happiness that I have right now. It's infectious. I can see other people around me picking up on it and I pick up on it from other people around me too. So I just wanna share that with you guys as well. I hope you're looking forward to your year. And with that, let's talk about this week's guest. Nathan is one of my friends and mentors. He is a lawyer in Dallas, Texas. He went to college in Austin and then Dallas for law school, and he lives there now. I've actually known him for about a year, and I've been wanting him to be on my podcast for it's pretty much as long as I've known him. When I was in Dallas in the beginning of February last year, I did get coffee with him and met him in person, and we've stayed chatting throughout the year um on zooms and just catch-up calls but also we share work with each other we help each other out on client projects together and he has been someone that i'm so glad i know and have in my network and in my rolodex of people to ask advice from and you know talk about life with and you know just someone that i really look up to he also owns his own law firm in dallas and he went back to school to get his MBA after his JD, which is, you know, a lot of people do it joint or they do an MBA first. It's a little weird to do it afterwards or so much later, I think sometimes, but we talk about why he decided to do that and starting his own firm, what that's been like. He's really into sports, a big football guy, big Tennessee, or Tennessee, I'm a Tennessee fan, Texas fan. He's going to hate me for saying that. He's a big Texas fan and he is huge into nil he's a soccer fan so we talk about some sports stuff in here and there's just a lot of fun so i hope you guys enjoy this episode if you like it please leave a rating and review please subscribe to the show let me know who you want to see next what topics you want me to cover next and i hope to see you guys soon i will talk to you guys next week meet nathan so nathan what's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you 
something that they would not know about me just from following me? Well, I would say, I guess that I'm a foodie. Yeah, you don't really. Yeah, you don't post that. About no, I, I, mo- most of my like personal content is, you know, focused on soccer and things like that. But yeah, I love to try restaurants. I like to be adventurous and try new foods and stuff like that. So I don't really share a lot of that, but it is something that, that I find very fun. And also there's like a social element to it. Like if you can go with friends and enjoy yourselves and have a good time, like what better place to do it than at a place where you can get some food too. Yeah, absolutely. An ideal night out for me is like a nice restaurant, dinner and drinks. And like, if you want to go out after you can, but like, that's a, that's a going out in and of itself and like good, good drinks, good company. So I I agree with you. The older you get too, like, you'll want to cut that second half of it out. Yeah. I know for me, like if it's if it's getting too late, I'll be just ready to go home. And also, like, there's nothing wrong with like hanging out with your friends at home. You know, yeah. like at least for me, like we're at kind of that age and stage where we all have our own places and you know, we all kind of have our own lives. So it's very difficult to get everyone together. But when you can, like you want to make sure that it's like quality time. So you'll try to find a way to like either have everyone go to one place or, you know, like you said, like a restaurant or something. But you know, going out for me looks a lot different now than it did, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, you also have a newborn, so I would imagine. Yeah. Well, now we just don't go out, period. (laughs) We just spend all our time with the kid. But no, I agree. Even me, like being in my mid twenties, I like, I'll go out maybe once a month now, like out, out, but I much prefer, like I'm a homebody deep down or like, yeah, going out to dinner and then like, all right, you want to come back? You want to keep going? Like, we can go back to my place. We have a nice bottle of wine. Like, let's chill, watch TV or the game or whatever's on. So you are also a lawyer and you recently opened your own firm, but you went to law school after working for a few years. Can you talk about your career background before you went to law school? So, yeah, I did take a gap year between college and law school. I I left college thinking I really, because I, I grew up in sports. I played soccer my whole life. I really thought you know, I could take my, you know, love of, of athletics and find a way to blend it with some sort of professional service. And so I was like, you know, law school makes a lot of sense. But I took an internship in McAllen, Texas, working with a basketball team called the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. And, you know, in a, you know, small group like that, there were maybe six of us in the office. And so you have to be a team player and you have to wear a lot of hats. The best example I can give is in like in a 24 hour period, I went one day, you know, coat and tie, you know, talking to the league commissioners because we wanted to move from one stadium to another. And there's like a lot of compliance and regulatory requirements the league requires for you to do. And then the very next day I had to put on the mascot outfit because the guy that was supposed to do it was sick and we had a golf tournament fundraiser thing that we needed to go to and that required me to you know pinch it step in and pinch hit for him and just kind of cover that that responsibility and so yeah I mean you you find yourself doing a lot of things that you wouldn't expect and also you know you learn that it's it's okay to be goofy and you know do some of the weird stuff and then if you don't take yourself too seriously, it's a lot of fun. I had a great time down there. And it set me up well for law school because I went in realizing that my love of sports didn't change. But that type of industry was was not what I thought it was. You know, peel the curtain back a little bit and see kind of what really goes on. And so I decided from there that I'll try just to 
maybe work with businesses a little bit more and kind of go into that more corporate law type um, direction. And so it, it was really eye-opening for me and it was, it was really helpful before I went into law school to have a little bit more direction. Yeah, I think I took a six-month gap like semester basically I graduated from law school from college semester early and that six months even though technically I started with my high school and college class I had that break which was good just like you know for my own sanity but also just like getting into the workforce and seeing what that was really like and I worked at a law firm and I was commuting downtown and I was doing like I saw my future a little bit I saw what my life would look like once I graduated from law school because I was working at a law firm and I was working with attorneys. And so I think that's, like you said, like getting that, you know, variety of experience and it adds to your experience in law school. And as a lawyer, and you take a little bit of everywhere you've been before and use that with you wherever you go next. Um, Well, I always tell people, you know, before I get asked a lot, I'm sure you do too, like, Hey, like, should I go to law school? I really like to argue or whatever, right? Like everyone has their own kind of thing that they recommend as the reason they should go be a lawyer. And I, I now, I don't necessarily talk people out of it because I don't think it's really my place to tell somebody what to do with their life. But I do give them one piece of advice and it's it's across the board. I always say, before you go to law school, basically do what you did. Like spend six months, even if it's just, you know, answering the phones at a law office. See if you like the work. See if you like the schedule. See if you like the personalities. Because what you may find is that it's not really for you. And if you, you know, figure that out after the fact, well, you just spent, you know, three years of your life and a whole lot of money and stress for a career that you may not even want. And you'll look back with some regret. And so I always tell people, like, spend a little bit of time in the environments that you think you may want to be in and just make sure that the lifestyle makes sense for you. Absolutely. That's, that's the last piece you just said, the lifestyle and the environment. That's always what I caution. I did find myself. So I don't know if you heard this at all before you went to law school, but when I, so that semester that I worked at the law firm, my boss, every single day, as I was leaving six o'clock at night, he would be like, do you still want to go to law school? Do you still want to be a lawyer? Do you still like this? And I was, I found it annoying because he basically, it seemed like he was like, don't go to law school. Like it sucks. Like look how much work we're still here at six o'clock. Like this, like he's, he would come in on Saturdays. He's like, do you still want to be a lawyer? Like, don't, don't go to law school. He basically told me on during my interview, he was like, don't go to law school. But like, if you still want to go, like I'll hire you. Like I'll teach you everything you need to know, but like, don't go to law school. And I was like, found myself really annoyed with it. Cause I was like, no, I want to go to law school. Like clearly I'm like here, I'm doing it. And then my first few months after graduation I kind of found myself doing that to people that would reach out to me because I I was so kind of jaded by it and now that I'm a year and a half out I I it's more of the like lifestyle component and the why why are you doing this why are you going to law school what are you going to get out of it what can you offer the law what are you going to do with this degree what's your purpose and also the lifestyle like where do you see yourself in 10 years where do you see your career going what lifestyle do you want because that determines what type of job you want. Big law, small firm, solo, in-house, whatever. Like there's so many things you can do with this degree. So like, why are you doing it? I actually spent a lot of time before I opened my office, because you mentioned all of the different types of ways you can be an attorney. And, you know, I'm, I'm a solo lawyer. So I have a lot of responsibilities that are, you know, more entrepreneurial. I spent a lot of time not being a lawyer for my job. 
Yeah. But when I was writing my own, I, I spent time like writing my business plan and I spent less time talking about the type of work I wanted to do. And I spent a lot more time thinking about what kind of office and what kind of like reputation I wanted to have. And I had a really good mentor and he gave me this little saying and I actually put it on my firm website too. He says, methods are many, principles are few. Methods always change, principles never do. It's like very Dr. Seuss sounding, but like it's the ethos with which I make every decision for my office. Yeah. And also kind of my life, like I, I extended beyond my work. So I I realized like how I do my job and what I do will never be static. It's always going to have some variability. But as long as I stay true to kind of the vision and values that I set for myself, a lot of the other stuff will will sort itself out. You know, like attracts like in some ways. So like the clients that I want that will vibe with that type of mission statement are the ones that I want to keep you know, working with and the ones that don't, I mean, ultimately we probably won't work together or we won't work together for very long. And it was, it was really only the, the, the ability for me to do that came from the fact that I was willing to step outside of the corporate world and kind of take this chance on, on what I'm doing and, and hope that, you know, it attracts one enough work to sustain itself, but also to prove my, my case that there are people out there that want lawyers like that. They don't just want the shark that's going to, you know, bend the rules and be dishonest. They want the person that's going to kind of give them the hard truth from time to time, but also, you know, lead with honesty and integrity. Yeah. Not everyone wants Harvey Specter. I'm watching Suits right now. Love um, Harvey. Harvey Harvey has principles. He's he just does. he's just he's aggressive. He does. Donna and Jessica are my favorite people though on the show. Um, yeah. I, I, I actually never I finished up. Suits. I I quit. I don't even remember what what season it was it was the one when i think mike got out of jail yes yes so like maybe season four yeah i'm on so my parents have been watching it and i'll i've been watching like sporadically so they're on season eight i've missed a lot in between but like i kind of know what's going on yeah. um but donna's my favorite person on she's the show. great donna donna and harvey were great characters i yeah. i wish that they would have found a way to keep the whole group together for the entire show I know yeah. people had, you know, competing interests and like some people jumped ship and I think Jessica got her own spinoff, but it never yeah. really took off. And, yeah. you know, they had well, to find a way to Megan account met, for, huh? And then Megan met Harry. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and they had to find an account account for Megan Markle going to the royal family and all of that stuff. So it was just yeah. like, it became a little bit messy, but it was a cool show. I actually really liked yeah. the premise. I liked it so too. So I need to, I need to find out what happens. I need to go finish that show. I liked it. I like it too. I just, you know, there's definitely like a lot of like things that aren't reality about the legal profession, but it it is fun being on this side of it, knowing the realities and watching it. It's fun. Um, There was an article. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, I like what you said about what you want your reputation to be because so many people like they go into business for the money, you know, or for maybe the lifestyle, but then they don't really do the business plan. They don't really foresee what their business is going to look like or make room for evolution and for your evolution. And like, so I, I like that. Like we talk about impact and legacy and financial freedom, but not everyone talks about your reputation as a business owner and what you want to be known for. So I, I like that that was, a, I wanted to touch on that, that you mentioned earlier. But oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was very fortunate, you know, to have good mentors in my life, not just for my work, but, but certainly in my 
career. I, I, maybe rightly or wrongly, I, I always tell people, especially young people starting out, you know, every good thing that's happened in my career is because someone was willing to kind of help me out, stick their neck out for a little bit for me. You know, every internship I got, every interview that I got, every client that I've gotten somewhere, if I was to like trace it back, is from a positive interaction that someone had with me that made them say, oh, I want to help them out. Yeah. And I, I believe in that. I think that, you know, if you, I tell people all the time, you know, being nice is free, you know, you know, it's not an expensive commodity that like, you have to be like really careful with it and not use it. Like, you know, being kind is the most easy thing to do and it doesn't cost you anything. If anything, it's like you're you adding more. value. Yeah. You get and so that's just kind of the mission that I go by. And I, I, if I can find a way to help somebody, I, I really try. I may not always succeed, but it's definitely, it's just a part of, now it's part of my DNA. Like at this point, like I, I don't know how to operate any differently, but it, it took practice and it took some humility and, and a lot of learning through life. I mean, I think the older I get, the more convicted I become in that principle. Oh, absolutely. I want to touch on the mentorship part because something you said of, you know, it comes from a nice, a good interaction with someone that they want to extend their hands. And I, I, I completely agree. I think finding the people who want to help you are the best mentors because so many people are like, where do I start? How do I network? How do I find mentors? And they think it's like, you just like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Kayla and Nathan, will you be my mentor? And they're like, no, that's the wrong way to go about it. Like build a relationship yeah. with them first and let it happen organically. And that, that they want to help you and that they offer advice. That's how you know it's a good mentor. And that's how you Definitely. and I became, you know, you are one of my mentors and one of my friends. And and um, how do you find the right mentors? You talk a lot about having a lot of mentors. And yeah, how did, how did you find them? You know, it's an interesting question. I I don't know if I would say I found them as much as maybe we found each other because I think mentorship is two parts, right? Like okay. someone has to want to do it and then you have to want to receive it. Yes. But I guess the best way for me to, to kind of share what I think about it is kind of the, the way that I got, you know, my initial experience with mentorship from attorneys. So before I started law school, I got accepted to SMU. And so I knew I was going to be staying at home while I was on my internship in, in McAllen. And so before I moved back, I probably sent 70 emails and called 30 offices, all of them that had, you know, SMU alumni, because I wanted to just like sit over coffee and just say, hey, you know, I'm starting law school. I don't know what to expect, but you've been through it. You know, I'd love to pick your brain. And I think I got out of all of that communication, I think I got three responses yeah. and only one of them said, hey, yeah, let's let's meet. And so we met for coffee. And, you know, as I got to know that guy, he kept telling me like, hey, you know, like apply for this program in the summer of your first year, like, I think it'll be really worth it for you. And it was some some organization that, you know, connected law students with judges for internships in the court. And I got so busy with the semester and final exams that I completely forgot. And then he reached out to me. I mean, we stayed in touch multiple times throughout the semester. So it wasn't like we only had these two interactions. We probably had six or seven meetings over the course of the year. And he asked me like, hey, you know, did you ever apply for that program? He's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I, it slipped my mind. He's like, oh, don't worry. Just send me your resume. I'll, I'll fill it out for you and I'll send it in. At the time, I didn't really think about it. So I just sent it over. 
I come to find out that he's like the executive director of the program. Oh, wow. And, you know, he was trying to do me a solid and he ended up like actually putting my resume at the top of the pile. So all these judges, you know, the first number they called was mine. And I ended up getting a summer job that I probably way above my GPA for no other reason than like an email that I sent and a relationship that I built with somebody who wanted to offer mentorship and help. And then, you know, all of the future mentors that I got were were something similar. You know, if I was I was looking around, there was a law firm right by my condo in Dallas. And so I emailed the SMU alumni there and I just kind of let them know like, hey, I live nearby. I saw you guys are close. I went to SMU as well. You know, do you have time to meet for coffee? I'd love to kind of know a little bit about what you guys do. And I learned a lot about, you know, running a law firm from that lawyer. He started out with just him and his partner and they did litigation, but they didn't really want to do that long term. And so they ultimately, you know, pivoted into kind of a more, you know, corporate transactional practice. And instead of bringing in associates, they brought in partners and have like essentially like an upside down pyramid. They have like 25 partners and five associates. And so the logic is on any given year, all of these different practice areas, some will do really well, some won't do really well, but the partnership, they'll all earn something that's satisfactory to them. And then they can pay their associates you know, above market because they don't have that many of them. And they can also teach them how to grow into partners as well. And like in the, in the big firm model, you see the opposite, right? Like you have a lot of grinders at the bottom and you have a few partners at the top and it burns people out. And so, you know, just kind of learning, not, not maybe not ethically, but certainly like a more equitable way to run a practice just because I was interested in it. And, you know, if you give people a chance to talk about what they're interested in, it's amazing what you can learn from them too. Oh, absolutely. And I think you said that you were interested in it, but they were also interested in you knowing it and learning it. And that's, that's the key to a good mentor that they, what you said, like they're willing to offer help and you're willing to receive it. And that, you know, they want the best for you. They want to give you opportunities and that they take interest in you. And I was actually at this networking event I was at last night, I was telling a pre-law student, I was like, finding mentors, like you need to foster the connections you make, but then also be interested in their lives so that they get to know you as a person and then they're going to want to be interested in yours. And like you said, you stayed in touch with that one guy six or seven times throughout the year. It wasn't just a one-off or like, you know, a big, like, hi, I need a job. It's summer. Like, do you have anything? It's like, he knew what was going on in your life throughout the year. So he was willing to do the application for you or offer you a job or whatever it is. Um, I think it's so, people are so like, scared of men like not of finding mentors how do I do this it's like this like scary like pressurized thing and it's like the right ones like you said they find each other and they it happens organically that's how you and I met um and everyone I have it's kind of been that way they 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 care about me they care about my story so they want to offer help and I think that's really valuable um and like you said you learn a lot about the business of running a firm which law school doesn't teach you um but you also got an MBA, right? So when when did that happen did. for you in your career? Sure. Uh, well, I graduated law school. I ended up being a labor attorney here in Dallas for one of the you know big railroads in the United States, and they were 
wanting to pay for me to go get my MBA. And I had always actually wanted to do that. Even when I was in school, I wanted to do a dual degree. I thought, you know, the blending of the disciplines of an MBA and a law degree really work together nicely, especially for the type of work I wanted to do work with entrepreneurs and business owners and companies. And, you know, I didn't get the chance when I was in school. So to get a second opportunity to kind of round out my education was was too good to pass up. And I was willing to work full time and go to school full time. It was a lot of work um, for those couple of years. But I find myself using so much of that MBA, not only in like counseling my clients, but also like running my firm and my practice, because there are things that you learn in business school as it relates to accounting and strategy, marketing, even just like the basic core principles of these things. They make such a difference. And also you get to meet really interesting people in business school because in law school, I don't want to say we're all the same, but we're all learning to be lawyers, right? Like there is a, yeah. you know, think like a lawyer principle and you, you all kind of learn the same information. You don't learn the same information, right? It's kind of like the bar exam. If you take the same bar prep course, everybody knows and doesn't know roughly the same information. Yeah. Um, but in business school, you meet people with all millions of ideas or goals. Some people want to be in investment banking. Some people want to go work for you know, an advertising company. Some people want to open their company that produces some product or deliver some service. And they're here literally just to learn about entrepreneurship and strategy. Some people want to go into consulting. And, you know, that diversity of, of careers is something that law school just didn't have. And getting to talk to those people, both as a student and a classmate, but also as an attorney, I felt like I was in a unique position to offer advice that they otherwise wouldn't have. And similarly, I would learn something from them that my education didn't give me. So it was a really fun experience. It was a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. You know, I didn't sleep for two years there, but it was it was a really worthwhile time. And I and I use it all. I use all that information every single day. No, that's awesome. I actually wanted to get a, J, a, a joint degree, a JD MBA as well, when I initially went into law school. And it would have been like, the way Tennessee did it, it would have been your 1L year, your MBA year accelerated in one year, and then your two years of your 2L and 3L year. So a four-year degree. Oh. And I was like, after the first year, I was so like, I can't do this anymore. I don't want this. Like, I didn't even know if I wanted to stay in law school. So I was like, I'm going to just get the law degree if I choose to stay. And then maybe I'll get the MBA later. Turns out now I'm getting an MBA in life and I don't think I need to go get the degree formally to do it. But sure. I, I do think there is a lot of value in, like you said, like learning how to run a firm, learning how to run a business. Your law firm is a business. Um, the marketing, the strategy, all of that. Um, and yeah, I think it's cool like seeing the, the cohort of people that you're with and all their ideas. Like you like exactly right. Like law school, everyone's kind of the same. Even if we have different experiences going into it, you kind of all end up being the same a little bit. Yeah, and, definitely. And that's why I was a little, like people always ask me, like, was I popular in law school? I'm like, I wouldn't say I was, like nobody was popular because everybody knew everybody. It was small. I would say yeah. I was infamous because everybody knew that I wanted to do something completely different. And that was like really, some people frowned upon it. Some people were like, ew, like who is this girl? Like, what does she think of, like, you know, like, weird like why is she trying to go against the grain like that's so like weird like they didn't understand it 
but in business school, I feel like they, they celebrate your differences and your ideas oh, and so willing to help you a lot more. So it's something I've thought about, but I don't really think I'll, I need it at this point. I have considered doing an LLM and like entertainment arts and sports, which I know you're really into NIL and sports, which I want to talk about too, but oh, yeah. doing it at UM and I know the director and my friends in the program. And I think it'd be really valuable for the cohort of people that I would be in the room with in that one year. But I also just don't know if financially it would make sense. And also everybody that teaches within that program, I'm already connected to on LinkedIn. So it's like, I could just get all the information through mentorship and doing it the old fashioned way. And like reading the law in that way of kind of like really learning it from them directly than like taking out a loan for a year to take a course. But I think there's a lot of value for some people in getting a JD MBA or getting just an MBA or just a JD and depending on your career goals and your lifestyle goals. Um, But I wanted to touch on that. Um, Yeah, no, I think you're right. I, you know, for me, the MBA had value because it also like made me credible with my clients because in your world, it's a lot more social media focused and you already have credibility in that world. Like I could never step in and say, oh, I'm a social media attorney. They'd laugh me out of that room. (laughs) Right. But, you know, for me, my MBA immediately lets people know that come into my office, hey, he knows a little bit about running a business. So when they sit down with me, it's not immediately, oh, you know, this guy's an attorney, but he was a history major. He doesn't know the first thing about reading a, a P&L statement or yeah. you know, how to craft a strategy for my, my business. And yeah. so it helps me bridge that gap because they feel like, okay, he has some working knowledge of some of the things that I need beyond just the legal advice. Yeah. It makes you relatable to your client. Like you said, how, well, you're, so that company paid for you to get your MBA. How long did you stay with them before you decided to go on your own? So I stayed for two more years and then we were kind of in the thick of the pandemic and the lockdown. And, you know, at that time people were starting to return to work. And I, I realized then like, this is, this is kind of the natural break that I've been waiting because I had always known that I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. I just didn't know when. And I heard this once and it's, it's another one of the like folksy sayings that I live by. Essentially the universe can't give you something if you're not ready to receive it. And I felt maybe there was a period of time where I wanted to be entrepreneurial. I wanted to open my practice. I wanted to do all these different ventures, but like, I just, I wasn't ready. And, you know, by that time, my wife and I had also gotten married and, you know, I sat down and I thought about it as if, and I, I realized if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. And yeah. I will always have regret. And yeah. so August of 21, open the office and, you know, we'll see where it goes. You know, all the things I didn't know, I learned and I'm still learning every day, but it looks a lot different two years later. And, and now my regret is actually not starting sooner because yeah. I would have had that much more time to learn all of these lessons. But, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. It's funny because you said you always wanted to be an entrepreneur. You just didn't know when. I did not want to be an entrepreneur. And I kind of just, I won't say I fell into it. It was like the right timing, right place, right circumstances. And it kind of just happened that way for me. But yeah, now going into my second year, I would not change it for the world. I'm grateful for it. Um, And yeah, I'm just seeing where it goes and evolves. And it's, it looks very different than it did a year ago. So, and you know, and two years from now and three and whatever, it's going to keep changing and evolving. But that's what the beauty of entrepreneurship is, is it's not about just the money, the lifestyle, like I was saying earlier, it's you get to inform your business based off of the evolutions in your own personal life, and you get to make it work for you. And 
I think being an entrepreneur is actually the perfect role for me. And like some days I do more business than legal. And I, and I like that. And I never would have thought that, you know, and yeah, if I would have gone to a law firm, the golden handcuffs would have been real. I never would have left. I never would have gone on my own and done it, but I can't imagine not being on my own now. So I can definitely relate to that. Oh yeah, totally. I, I think that it's not for everybody, but for the people that it is right for, I mean, it's, it's something that you, you have to do. It, it almost feels like it's just part of, part of you. Like I, yeah. I, I don't know a version of myself that could go back to working for somebody anymore. I rather, I would rather succeed or fail based on my effort. A hundred percent. Completely agree. I think it's a calling and some people, you know, if with anything in life, if you have to force it, it's not right. So the people who try so hard and don't, it doesn't work for them. It's because maybe they weren't meant to be, but for us, it comes, I won't say easier, more natural to us because it was meant for us. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's just how, how you can handle uncertainty. You know, I didn't, I didn't roll, um, I didn't launch my firm and know, like I wasn't making money my first day. Right. I didn't even have business cards. I didn't have like all of the things that you need. You just kind of have to be okay with that and like take it day by day. And as the firm grows, as you know, people gain knowledge that this is what you do and you do a better job of kind of putting yourself out there, all of those things will start to fill themselves. But then the rest of it is like, are you comfortable with that, that lag time of like, I don't know if I'm going to succeed. I just know I have to keep working without knowing whether or not I'm going to yield the result that I want. And not everyone is comfortable with that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point about the uncertainty. But I mean, I love it. To me, it's fun. I'm like, what's what's tomorrow going to look like? What's next year going to look like? It's fun for me. But yeah, again, absolutely, everybody. Um, but yeah, so you're really into sports and NIL. And you talk a little bit about that, maybe because you were a soccer player growing up and you're really into sports and UT sports, specifically UT. Austin. Oh, yeah. But is that something that you would ever get into in business or you just keep it as a hobby? Like the NIL stuff? Yeah, I know you've mentioned. Oh, no, I love it. I. I have a couple of clients that I do, you know, light touches for um, in the basketball world. But, you know, I would love to have more of it. The challenge with NIL is that it's you have to be understanding that there are different states with different rules and then some states that have no rules. So you have to be essentially a subject matter expert on a variety of different state laws or NCAA you know, regulations, which are very light. Secondly, you have to understand the environment that you are in. And so, you know, for me, when I would talk to athletes or not, student athletes, I should say, I always said the most important thing for them is keep your grades up and do well in your sport. Because I think a lot of a lot of student athletes will come in and they'll get, you know, an NIL offer and they'll immediately take it. They won't even bother having a lawyer look at it or they'll sign with an agent and an agent is if they're not a lawyer, like they can't really like evaluate the terms. They may negotiate the amount, but like ultimately they don't know what you're signing when you focus too much on what you're getting and not what you have to give up to receive that you run into a possibility that one, your content will become inauthentic because all it'll be is, you know social media posts promoting products maybe you won't have time to engage with them you won't god forbid you know even worse if you don't make it to class or you don't make it to practice you lose your eligibility and for what so i always work backwards when i'm counseling student athletes and i say focus first on your grades second on your on the field performance then third 
focus on engaging with your audience, whether that's responding to comments or, you know, posts about your life or, you know, videos that you want to put up. And then only after that, do you start thinking, okay, I have an audience, I have a product that I think connects to my audience. Let me see if I can bridge that by making some sort of NIL deal with this person or this company to bring the product or service to my audience. It's not too different from what you do, right? Like you created yeah. an audience of people that were interested in the law. No, but even on my on the client side with my influencers, it's a very similar thing of talent managers or even they just get a brand deal and they sign and they're like, oh my God, this brand wants to work with me. And it's like, no, did you read the terms? Like, do you know what you're signing? And managers only are going to focus on the rate because they want their 20%. But having yep. the legal background in addition to the management side and the negotiation side, which I genuinely love, but I, I know it from not just a management side, but I also know it from the legal side and like terms like indemnification and mutual termination. And actually yesterday yes. I or Wednesday, I had an issue where we didn't, the brand did not allow us to get mutual termination. We tried to redline it and it bit us in the ass. So, you know, it's, it's, but my, my client was like, Hey, I need your advice on this. Like my lawyer hat. So yeah, it's very similar to the, on the influencer side. So I, I like that perspective of why maybe cautioning people to get agents who are also lawyers, not just agents yeah. or, or finding both. the right fit or both. Yeah. Or yeah. And finding the right fit and goals. Like both of you have to have the same goals in getting partnerships, but yeah, I agree. Or for student athletes, great, but for professionals as well, like authenticity to your audience and does it fit with you and that not letting that take away from your actual sport, because that's how you got where you are to begin with, you know? Yeah. And you love well, that's that's point. that's the existential threat is that if you focus too much on how much money is available to you, you may not not every because this doesn't apply to everyone, but some some young people may not be intrinsically motivated enough to see the big picture, which is I worked so hard to be such a good athlete to get this scholarship to come to the school that I wanted to to perform. Because someday maybe I wanted to go to the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball or, you know, pick the sport that you want to go to. And, you know, you sign an NIL deal that let's say, you know, whatever the number is, it's great. But it doesn't give you the financial security that you're looking for to set you up for the rest of your life. I'm not aware of any NIL deals that do that for someone who's 18 years old. Maybe there's some that are really generous. but. I still think that, you know, if you have worked this hard, give yourself the opportunity to take it to the next level. Don't just, you know, rest on your laurels. I made it to college. I have these NIL deals during my eligibility period and then I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. And also you won't be able to play your sport forever. Unfortunately, what are you going to do next? What skills do you have? How are you going to have longevity? You know, whether it is through endorsement deals, okay, great. But how do you go from NIL deals to endorsement deals, you know, and like bridge that gap and your, you know, relatability and your marketability and your longevity and all of that legacy impact, et cetera, et cetera. And it goes, same thing is very similar on the influencer side, but also on the entrepreneurship side, you know, again, going back to that evolution of yourself and, you know, evolving your clients, your offerings, your, how you show up in this space and how, what work you do in this space. Oh, totally. I think that, like you said, you're not going to be an athlete forever. And what does your, your career after athletics look like? 
And you see it even even with professional athletes that make all this money in their sport, right? Like how many of them burn through it after five years because they didn't understand that that's, that cash flow is not going to exist forever or they made some really poor investments or they were very careless with their money. And, you know, those guys did it in their mid to late 30s. You know, these these student athletes are 18 to 20. They don't they don't know that they need that money for, you know, 60 more years. Yeah. And so, you know, getting getting good financial advisors, getting good lawyers and and getting a good, you know, circle of professionals around you. It's the same thing that I do, right? Like you you know this. I've I've referred many people towards you for things that I don't do. And to because our I can trust friends. your work and I know that you're good for it. And I know that my clients are gonna get a good experience working with you. Yeah. And I only am able to do that because I know you, but also like deliberately I try to surround myself with people who have skills that I don't have. Uh And I always recommend that not just to, you know, my clients, but to anybody who's looking to do anything that's, you know, with a slant towards growing, whether it's personal or professional, like surround yourself with the people who know the things you don't. A hundred percent. And our accountant friend, Christy, who's also on the podcast. Oh yeah. And we work together and it's fun getting to work together on deals for sure um, projects but yeah i i call my parents my board of directors and i ultimately like it's you know asking for forgiveness not permission kind of thing it's like i'm letting you know like retroactively like this is what i'm up to i'm making the business decisions business decisions but at times i am asking for advice and i would say you and christy are also part of that board of directors a little bit further out you know maybe you know not the chairman of the board but you're one of the people that i go to when i have questions and we talk weekly sometimes daily yeah. and we're talking sure. about fun, but also business and work and um, having the right kinds of people in your life. Um, I talk a lot about a lot on the podcast, you know, finding people that are aligned with your goals and your vision for your life, but also in their own life and that are open to feedback and, you know, you know, you guys can yeah counsel each other and be there for each other and support each other, but also being willing to be like, Hey, maybe don't pursue that right now you know yeah and having those friendships but those mentors and those professionals in your life yeah I think it's cool seeing especially with NIL you know they need an agent a lawyer and an accountant that all are familiar with the NIL rules and NCAA regulation NCAA regulations and all of that to make sure that yeah, they're investing properly in their money and they're making their money work for them so it does last longer than just their playing career for sure. I always think, you know, you were talking about surrounding yourself with people who will give advice and, you know, the best, the best type of people to put in that circle are the people that, that just want to see you win, right? Like they don't need anything from you. Yes. And you have to kind of sniff those people out initially, but when you find them, it's, it's such a value add and, you know, kind of taking it back to the NIL stuff, the student athletes who hire an attorney, they don't need the NIL lawyer to break down all of the laws for them. I mean, I can if they want me to talk through it with them. What they want to know is that they're safe. And they need to know that I want to see them succeed. And so I will use my skills to help enable that. Yeah. But as far as the, the nitty gritty details, that's my job to know. That's why they came to me. I need to be able to summarize it in a way that they can understand it. But ultimately, the finer points, that's that's why they hired me. And yeah. 
I want nothing more for them than to see them doing well. And, you know, once their college career is over, you know, see them off into, you know, even bigger and better things. Yeah, that's that's why lawyers are considered advocates. Like we are, the goal is for us to be an advocate for you as our client. And you don't need to know every single nitty gritty detail of the contract. We're going to explain to you how it works overall to benefit you and where the points where it may come hurt, make it may hurt you, but we're going to try to minimize that or mitigate the damage or whatever it is. But that's the, the goal is you want, you don't need, so you hired us so we can read it and understand it and make it easier for you to understand because, you know, you don't have the time to go get a law degree for yourself. That's why you hired us. Um, right. Yeah. Now, where do you see your business now that you're in year two, year three, you know, where do you see your business going from here now as your, your, your life is changing also, your personal life? It's a great question. I, I'd like to think that, you know, my firm, as I continue to grow, you know, the, the way that I envisioned it is, you know, I'm going to have a different variety of clients, right? Some of them are going to come in ground zero. And with those clients, you know, as I grow, we grow together. They grow with me, I grow with them. Then I have maybe some other clients that are kind of in that mid-level growth stage or kind of advanced stage where they just need me for certain tasks and that's fine. Those clients, I, I, I focus really just try to pres preserve the relationship and, and continue to provide good work and, and client service. Where I want to go is I want to start kind of expanding into different ventures that I find interesting. You know, during the pandemic, I got my certificate to do civil mediations. I am a big believer in not even just for, for professional disputes, like anything that you have going on, whether it's interpersonal in any setting, you know, the ability to actively listen, sit and take in the words before you answer you know, that discipline is really helpful. And I feel like law school and this particular training have given me, you know, enough tools to do that. And I want to offer that to people because, you know, life is hard enough, like to, to have you know, problems with people that you're close to doesn't make life any easier. And so if I can help in some small way to you know, relieve that stress and burden from people, like I'd love to do that. And then also, you know, I want to try to figure out how to grow a little bit more of my real estate practice because I don't know what the future holds for the firm. I hope the firm is wildly successful and it's something that I can do, you know, for the next 30 to 40 years, but I also want to have an exit strategy. And if I can learn a little bit about different industries that are adjacent to what I do, that only furthers my ability to serve my clients better, but also lets me learn about something that maybe I can do on top of what I'm already doing and provide more stability and and you know, hopefully financial readiness for me and our, you know, young family now. Yeah, no, that's cool. I think I'm in a similar stage where I'm thinking of new offerings and where I want to take my business. So I think it's cool. Like I said, you started with a business plan. It probably looks really different now than it did then. But definitely, you know, keep going back to the drawing board and seeing like what's working, what's not, where do I want to go next? What can I minimize? You know, do I need to hire someone who specializes in XYZ so I can offer that, et cetera. Um, but I think it's a really cool place to be in. You know, I think you and I have known each other for pretty much a year now or almost a year, yeah, which is just crazy to, to, to see how far we both come and evolved. And, you know, I love having you in my corner and as a part of my board of directors. Um, 
So thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If you could leave the audience with one piece of advice, you've already given a lot of good advice, but one piece of advice for anyone who really, you know, they're figuring out what they want to do with their life. They have interests and maybe some skills, but they don't really know where to go from here. One closing thought, I guess I would say, you know, don't be afraid to be uncomfortable. You know, sometimes I don't remember where I heard it, but you know, the things that you want are on the other side of fear and it's really easy and really tempting to just take the safe course, even if it's not what you want, because, you know, the devil we know is better than the devil we don't. But if you can find the courage to you know, bet on yourself because you worked so hard to get as far as you have to quit, you know, 85% of the way, 90% of the way, you're depriving yourself of, of something that might be really special. And so, you know, get used to being uncomfortable, put yourself in situations where you are uncomfortable because you never know the good things that can come out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. I I wrote this in my 26 lessons that I've learned in 26 years. But, you know, you're the only one who can go after the dreams that you have. Like you're the only one who can make it happen for yourself. So don't hold yourself back just because you're afraid. Like just go for it. And if you fail, reframe it as a pivot and try again or try something new. Like you can always start over. And like we said, finding the right people to support you and surround yourself with people who are going to help you and want to help you and are going to help you pick yourself back up and start again like those are the that, that's what you want you know you can't just give up life's too short absolutely no i think that's great advice you're the only you're you're in control of your destiny yeah yeah so where can everybody find you let me know and i will link it all below yeah sure uh you can find me on instagram at at moyad law m-o-a-y-y-a-d-l-a-w uh, I have a LinkedIn page. I have a Facebook page. I have a web page. They all are the same thing. If you Google my name, you should find all of that stuff. Um, but would love to hear from anybody that has any questions. I'm always here to offer you and your you know, viewers advice if they have any and try to help be as helpful as I can. Yeah, this was amazing. I've been wanting to have you on for probably as long as I've known you. So this is <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, it was my pleasure. Coming on the podcast and I will see you all next week.